you. Take your Bible and turn to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. I want to talk to you today about renewing your strength. I want to talk to those that are tired. I want to talk to those who are weary, who are worn out, discouraged, frustrated, contemplating giving up. And the first thing I want to tell you is you are not alone. The second thing I want to tell you, God is not disappointed in you. The third thing I want to tell you is there is hope. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 27. <clears throat> Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Hallelujah. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Can you identify with verse 27? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Now I know that's not evangelically correct to admit that we might say that. That, it, that, we, that we don't want to admit that we ever struggle in our faith. That, but, but here's the truth is that every one of us at some point, if we are really gut level honest, say, you know what? It just feels like God's forgotten about me. It feels like God doesn't know where I'm at. Does He even see what I'm going through? Does He see this problem that I keep telling Him about? We don't want to admit that. We don't want to admit weakness. We don't want to admit doubt. We don't want to admit frustration. We want to look like we have it all together. But this Scripture makes it plain. First of all, he says even young men, young vigorous men, the New American Standard says, even they get tired and weary. Even they faint. Everybody gets there at some point or another. It's very much part of the human experience. But then the other side of that is when God sets us down to talk to us about it, He says, what are you complaining for? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done for you? And it's not in a rebuking way. It's not in a, you know, how dare you doubt me way. It's, it's more like, hey, remember who you are. And remember who I am, says the Lord. Remember that the Lord your God that brought you out of Egypt, that delivered you from the curse of sin and death, that delivered you from slavery and bondage, that same God doesn't get weary. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't give up. He doesn't slumber nor sleep nor faint. He is there for you every moment of every day. And in that we can have hope that even when we are worn out. He can help us. He can renew our strength. So we need to understand today, if that's you, 
you're not alone. Everyone grows tired and weary. Everyone grows tired and weary. Everybody say everyone. everyone. Do you know what everyone means? Everyone. everyone. You know what the Greek word for everyone means? Everyone. Oh, this is Hebrew. You know what the Hebrew word for everyone means? Everyone. Are you an everyone? Yes. Yes. So what does this mean? Tired. The word tired in the Hebrew means to be fatigued, to be faint, as in a runner that's run so far that they've run out of energy. They, they, they hit the wall in the runner's lingo. They can't go any further. Weary in Hebrew is the word yaga. It means to labor and with effort and toil so as to become weary. It's used in Job 9.29 when he says, Why then do I labor in vain? Why am I working so hard and nothing's happening? That's the idea. This is the one who has run and run till there's no strength left. And here's the thing is when we get that worn out, the effect is not only physical. It impacts us mentally and it impacts us emotionally. It's a mental fatigue as well. We're ready to give up. We're, ready, we're get to that point where we say, what's the use? And then there, there comes that moment when we are so exhausted and it's taken such a toll on us emotionally and, and physically and mentally. We try to take one more step and we can't. And then we stumble and we fall. Stumble in Hebrew is kashal. It means to totter and to make feeble. It's the idea of one's knees shaking and ankles being turned so that the person falls to the ground. That's a physical illustration of what happens to us spiritually when we are too worn out. Have you ever been there? Have you ever experienced burnout? I have. In 2005, after a number of setbacks and challenges, there was a, I, I was so exhausted mentally and physically <clears throat> that I had this rage just right under the surface all the time. Tried to manage it. Couldn't. One Wednesday, I'm sitting at my computer trying to write a sermon for Wednesday night, and I sat there and stared at a blank screen for two hours crying. I had absolutely nothing left to give. Now, I don't know if you've been exactly there. Many of you probably have. But you reach that point to where you just say, I'm done. I can't go another step. But see... There's the physical element of that. The physical impacts the spiritual and the mental. And then in return, the mental and the emotional and the spiritual affects the physical because we're all connected and it just becomes this cycle to where we just go further and further and further into the pit. What happens to Christians, to followers of Christ that grow tired and weary? Number one, they stop moving forward. They stop pursuing anything that God has for them. They stop even pursuing anything in their own lives. They just exist from day to day and try to get by. Secondly, they often begin to isolate themselves from others who are continuing to run, for those who are still going after it. The thing about when we begin to stumble and fall is that we, get, we can very easily become jealous and angry with those who are still running. If we are failing, it hurts to see other people succeed sometimes. Say, well, that's not right. No, it's not, but that's human nature. 
And so we begin to isolate ourselves. We don't want to be exposed to those who say, just come on, let's keep going. We begin to isolate ourselves to protect ourselves. And then when we do that, we begin to get comfortable where we are. And that's where it begins to get really dangerous because we can become more concerned with our comfort than with our mission. Churches full of these types of believers become more focused upon resisting change than changing lives. I saw a pastor in a Facebook group of men that they were trying to vote him out of the church. The secretary started a petition to get to have an election to vote him out of the church. And we immediately responded to him saying, why have you not fired that secretary? <laughs> and, but they, they, were, they were trying to push him out of the church. Do you want to know why? Was it because of a moral failure? No. Was it because he was lazy? No. It's because he was doing too much outreach and bringing too many people into the church. How on earth? Now, as foreign as that sounds to us, that is the atmosphere of many churches today. And it's because we get so comfortable in our complacency that that becomes the most important thing to protect. That's a sign of a church that's on life support. That's the sign of a Christian whose fire is going out. Does that sound like your relationship with Christ at any point? Guess what? You're not alone. And so here's the thing is, we sometimes think, well, you know, I'm just, I'm too old. Young people, they've got more vigor and all that, and and certainly they do have more energy in a a lot of times, but notice what the Scripture says. It says that even... Youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. New American Standard, like I said, vigorous young men. Young men that have really got the, the, the umph and the, the, the drive and the power. They stumble and they fall down. In fact, that drive sometimes is what causes them to stumble because they tend not to know how to back up and get quiet before the Lord. The imagery that, um, that, the, that, that the he- in the Hebrew of this is an Olympic athlete. He's saying that even the most athletic of us, the best of us, even the ones that that are far and above everybody else, even they get worn out. So what do we need when we're laying flat on our back on the track and unable to move? What do we need to do? Well, the answer is it's not profound. It's obvious and, and, and may say a little simplistic, but the answer is to look to God. Say, well, of course, you're a preacher. You're supposed to say that. But understand this. Looking to God is not just keeping doing what you're doing and saying, God, help me. God, won't you help me? I don't want to fall down again, God. Please help me so I can keep running. That's not looking to God. That's looking for God to put a Band-Aid on your stupid stuff that keeps you worn out. Hello? I'm sorry, our stupid stuff. I'm right in there with you. 
All right? So, so verse 28 says, The Lord is the, lever, is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. So if anybody has the answer, if anybody has the solution, the fix to make it right, it's him. He doesn't get tired, and he understands the situation a lot better than we do. Why do we get so exhausted? Why do we become so spiritually, physically, and emotionally wore out? The reason is very simple, really. We become exhausted when we carry a load too long that we were not designed to carry. Think about it when, when, you, when you start working out. If you've ever, if you've ever had, got into that kind of a mode where you're like, I'm joining a gym. I'm going to be buff for Jesus. You know, and, you know, you, you, you have bulges, but they're all in the midsection, right? And so you walk into the gym and you think, oh, I can do this. And you go, you watch what the gym rats are doing. And I mean, they're putting these massive weights on there and they're pushing, like, I can do that, you know. You ever tried? You know, and, and, and if you push, maybe you find that, that spot where you can just barely get it up to where your hands start shaking. And then, and then it falls back down and you can't do any more with it. And you have to you know, sc- scream for somebody that's more manly than you to come and pick it up and put it back on the rack. You know, the next day, and I, I'm, I'm saying this from experience, the next day you will not be able to move your arms. <laughs> and it will hurt. I mean, there's been times I go up the stairs and I'll be like, oh, <laughs> you know. It's because Why? I moved a load, I carried a load that my body was not yet equipped to carry. Spiritually, we do the same thing. We take on more than we are designed to take on. This is why Scripture tells us to cast our burdens onto the Lord, cast our cares unto Him, for He cares for us. I like how the message says it. Cast your cares to the Lord because He is most careful with you. And so, Jesus said, follow me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The the thing is, we have equated busyness and exhaustion with spirituality. How are you doing? I'm tired. You know? Oh, look at that man of God. He's burning himself out for Jesus. Thing is, God never called us to burn ourselves out for him. I mean, that's not the kind of martyrdom that we're called to. And so, we, we, if we are going to hand the burden over to the Lord and allow Him to renew our strength, we have to change the way we're doing things. We cannot get out of our current mess by doing the same things that got us into it. Somebody needs to hear that today. You cannot get out of your current mess by doing the same things that got you into it. And so we spend so much effort. We exhaust ourselves, even spiritually. We, we overwork ourselves uh, uh, in, in the workplace, in the church, and all these other, wherever, whatever arena we're in. Because we're trying to prove our worth and we're trying to gain control. And the truth of the matter is, 
Control is an illusion. Erwin McManus says this in The Way of the Warrior. He said, peace does not come when you finally have control over your life. Peace comes when you no longer need control. So the first thing we have to do is relinquish control and look to Him because He knows better. He doesn't get tired or sleepy. He can help us. So what are some aspects of that renewing our strength? Well, let's look, at, first of all, at the word renewal. Renewal. Everybody say renewal. renewal. He says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. We need our strength renewed. But in order to have our strength renewed, our hope must first be renewed. The weariness that besets us more than anything else, I believe, comes from us getting to the point to where we lose all hope. To where we think there's nothing more that can be done and we've exhausted every possible avenue. And when we give up hope, we begin to lose our strength. And so where does that hope come from? That hope comes from trusting in Him. When we put our hope in the Lord, He begins to renew our strength. It's very much like, have you ever seen geese flying south for the winter and they fly in that V shape? And you know you hear the honking and you look up and there's the V. Do you know what that is? It, it, this, is this is really cool. I mean, I love how nature, how God has set this in nature. They fly in a V formation because uh, and when they're in that V, the one... The one that's behind, the one that's just in front of him and to the right or left, the one behind him is coasting a little bit on the current created by the one in front of him flapping his wings. And so it's sort of like if you're driving on the highway and you get behind an 18-wheeler and you get in their draft, you know, you just, they just sort of carry you along with them a little bit. It's the same principle. And so the geese are, are, are carrying each other along in this formation, all except for that one that's up front. And the reason the rest of them are honking is because the one up front is carrying the heaviest load and all these behind him are honking saying, you can do it, you can do it, keep going. You know, honk, honk, go, 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 you know. (laughs) And when he gets tired, he moves out of that formation and the next one comes up and takes his place so that the one that's tired can begin to be carried by the current of the one in front. Isn't that amazing? Now, if geese have that much sense, what should we be doing? Huh, huh, huh. But we think we've got to do it all on our own. And when we do it all on our own, we lose hope. This is why we need each other in the presence of the Lord to encourage one another, to renew our hope, to remind each other of the promises of God. And understand, God Himself will speak to us to renew our hope. You ever been in that moment where you're ready to give up and you open up the Word of God and suddenly there's something that jumps off the page at you and God God speaks directly to you? And you you go from being just distraught and ready to give up to saying, i got a Word from heaven, hallelujah! And that Word sometimes is all you need just to renew your hope. We need renewal. We need renewal to renew our strength. Proverbs 13, 12 <clears throat> says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Where is your longing? Are you longing for the Lord? Or are you longing for something else? If you long for the Lord, if you turn to Him and allow Him to speak hope to you, it will bring that fulfillment 
like a tree of life. Many in our church family need a fresh touch from God. Wounds need to be healed. Faith and passion need to be rekindled. Vision needs to be ignited. That begins by you putting your hope in Him. Renewal. Next word, realignment. Everybody say realignment. We cannot run when we're laying on the track. The runner first has to get up and point himself in the right direction. He doesn't need to just get up and start running. Come on, brother, run. And he gets up and he starts running into the infield. You know, you got to get pointed in the right direction. Sometimes we think if we're busy, we're spiritual. Sometimes we can be busy doing nothing or busy going in the wrong direction. Well, I'm trying to climb that corporate ladder. And sometimes we get to the top of the ladder and discover it was leaning against the wrong building. So we have to realign ourselves. We have to make sure that that we're moving in the right direction. Weary Christians look for comfort. And sometimes those places of comfort take us to places that misalign us with the purpose of God for our lives. When I get home in the evenings, if I'm really tired, the first thing I look for is my recliner. I plop down in that recliner and I turn on the TV, I start to drool and I sit there until bedtime, you know? And, and, and that's really not a healthy practice. And, and, and many times there are spiritual lazy boys that we run to, right? We plop down in these things and try to, and find comfort in them, but... You know, just because you can numb yourself. like here, Here's the thing. I, I say, well, watching TV is how I relax. But you know what? I've discovered that I'm usually more tired after watching three or four hours of TV than I was before I sat down there. It, it zones you out. You disconnect. But it doesn't renew you. It doesn't refresh you. You know, this is the word recreation literally means to recreate. And, and watching TV is not recreation. It's, 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 it's stupefaction, I guess. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's setting there. It's putrefaction, petrification, putrefaction too, maybe. I don't know. But we, 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 it doesn't renew us. And, and so it, it just, it allows us to zone out. And spiritually, we do this too. Some of our spiritual lazy boys that, that we run to to find comfort, one is traditions. Now, traditions are not all bad. We all have traditions. Everything we've done here this morning has been part of a tradition. So, so traditions in themselves are not bad, but if they become our place of comfort, if we begin to protect our traditions more than pursue God, they become an idol to us. In Mark 7, verse 7 through 9, Jesus says, They worship me in vain. Their, teaches, their, their teachings are rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And He said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. That's convicting. So our traditions are comfortable, but God has not called us to remain comfortable. Some of us need to pray, not God comfort me, but God disturb me. God disturb me in the right ways. Right? This church I told you about that's trying to oust their pastor for reaching out, they they were comfortable as they were. They wanted, they brought this pastor in to, to build up the church. We want you to build up the church and, 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 and make everything better for us, but don't change anything. Right? Uh, do, do we see the logical fallacy of this? 
And in the same way, we, 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 we hold on to our religious, our spiritual traditions, and we say, okay, but you know, we want to reach the lost, but as long as they look like us and as long as they behave like us and they don't have any problems in their lives because we don't want to change anything because I like things the way they are now. The minute we say that, we begin to put our church on life support. In the same way, in our personal lives, we have certain behaviors, certain traditions, certain things that we cling to and we find comfort in them, we zone out in those things, and we think it's renewing us, but all it's doing is numbing us. Some of us are one decision away from pursuing everything God has for us. And that decision may be to lay down some tradition, some thing you've been holding on to, to numb yourself from your frustration. Those things don't renew your strength. They simply numb the pain. So traditions is our spiritual lazy boy. A second spiritual lazy boy are offenses. Offenses can be some of the most comfortable, enticing things that we can relish in our lives, right? The Bible even talks about it like in the case of gossip. Gossip I can't think of how it's, it's, it's a sweet morsel in the mouth, but then it goes to the inward parts. You know, it's, it's like it's good up here, but then when it gets inside of you, it brings destruction and decay. Offenses are the same way. Offenses become comfortable because they keep us isolated. They keep us from facing our own darkness. And we, we are notorious for holding on to offenses and constantly looking at where the problems are out there. Well, this person did this to me, and this person did this to me. And you watch, and uh, John Bevere calls them spiritual vagabonds. They go from church to church to church. Well, this person offended me at that church. This pastor didn't, didn't do what I wanted in this church, and, and I didn't like what this group was doing over here, and they, taught me, they, tra- they, they treated me bad there. And church, there are spiritually abusive churches. Can we admit that? And there are boneheaded preachers that are abusive. I, I totally get that. But when we go from church to church to church to church to church, and we've got a list of offenses at every church, I want to let you know a little secret. There is only one common denominator in all of those situations, and it's you, right? And so if, if we're a spiritual vagabond going from church to church to church, we are isolating ourselves and our offenses so that we don't have to deal with what's wrong with us that allows us to continue harboring offenses. And, and the truth is, and, and I'm thankful nobody hears this way, but maybe you're watching on the live stream or listening to the CD or whatever. It, you know, if that's you, uh, you're never going to find the church that will keep you satisfied. Because every church is going to let you down. Why? Because there's people in it. You know, if you, if you say, well, Pastor Chad, you'll never let me down. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> It'll be a while, but I mean, you know, sooner or later, sooner or later, I won't do what you expect. And certainly later, I won't do what I expect. You say, well, I just don't, I don't think you always lead well. Well, I don't either. I'm working on it, you know. And, and so, so, so offenses will, will keep us isolated and keep us comfortable and keep us exhausted. Psalm 92.13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Planted. 
We're planting a lot of flowers right now. It's springtime. Think about what that means. What, it, it harms plants to continually move them. Every time you uproot them, it shocks their system. And if you do it enough, it'll kill that thing. And the same way, if we uproot ourselves constantly spiritually, going from relationship to relationship or from church to church, we are, we are uprooting ourselves and we are damaging what can nourish us. So he says, when we are planted, everybody say planted. Planted, planted in the house of the Lord, we shall flourish in the courts of our God. In other words, stay put, dig in, let your roots go deep, and allow the Lord to help you to grow. So that's realignment. The last word is this, release. Verse 31 of our text says, They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Notice that he says they'll soar like eagles. Now this is significant because eagles don't just fly. Have you ever seen an eagle just really... Trying to keep going? You don't see that. You see little bitty weakling birds trying to do that, right? The eagle, once he gets into the air, he just spreads his wings. You watch them. They'll just, they just soar. They, just, they ride the current of the air. It's effortless. The eagle is the only bird that will fly into a storm. Most birds will... will run or fly away from a storm, uh, flee from a storm. But the eagle will fly to the storm because he knows that if he can hit the storm just right and spread his wings, all of that wind is only going to lift him higher. It will rise him above the storm and he can ride on it to get where he needs to go. And so this is what, this is what God's saying to us here that that when we, are, when we are exhausted, that if, he will, uh, if, if we will renew our strength in Him and look to Him, that he won't, he won't necessarily take the storm from us, but He will enable us to soar like an eagle. Praise God. So let me ask you, do the storms of your life lift you up, or do they beat you down? Eagles have amazing vision. Their vision is four times as sharp as yours and mine. And from an altitude of a thousand feet, they can spot prey over three, over three square miles of open country. So God says, not only will He renew our strength, He'll renew our vision. How's your vision? Can you see what, what's, right, what's way out in front of you? Are you going toward what God's put way out in front of you? Or all, can all you see is what's right before your eyes? Another thing about eagles, eagles have power. They can dive at more than 100 miles per hour to catch their prey. So let me tell you, if your strength is renewed by God, the Holy Spirit's power will be evident in your life. Is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. Victory over besetting sin, effectiveness in what God's called you to do, Listen, we can go so far in talking about the grace of God and His forgiveness when we are in sin that we begin to think that God just winks at our sin and, and, and ignores it and allows it to continue. Now, is God gracious and loving when we sin? Absolutely He is. But understand this, God, Jesus saves us from our sin and not in our sin. 
And so many times when, we, when we're worn out, it's because God is trying to speak to us about a besetting sin in our lives, and we excuse it, we explain it away, we justify it, we, we, we find a scripture that talks about it, we turn it around and flip it on its head to make it say something different, and we try to build this wall protecting our sin. And can I tell you, God will not be able to renew our strength as long as we allow that besetting sin to hold on to our lives. Jesus came to give us victory. You can live a victorious life in Christ free from sin that keeps you bound. And many times that weariness is from fighting that thing and doing it in our own strength, but it's because we don't allow the Lord to truly deal with the heart of the matter inside of us. Every besetting sin, I believe, comes from an unmet need deep inside, and we try to fill it with something besides the presence of God. And so, if you want the power of God evident in your life, first of all, you got to begin agreeing with God about how to live your life. That's how our strength is renewed. So, Renewal, realignment, and release. We need the right people in the right places with the right agendas in our lives. Amen? If there are people in your life that are holding you back, that are keeping you bound, it's time to begin to realign yourself. It's it's time to begin to surround yourself with people that will help you to push forward, to move forward in in, in your walk with God. And as a church, we need to understand that God is calling us to press forward. God is calling us to get out of our comfort zone. God is calling us to be disturbed so that we can see people set free from sin in Woodstock and in Bibb County. And so our prayer then is that God will renew our strength and release us in His power Release a move of His Spirit in our church today and through our church and into our community so that we can begin to see this community transformed by His power. Our heart's cry is, God, use us. Touch this community. Touch this world through us. But understand that for God to do that through us, we've got to admit when we're weary when we're burned out, when we're worn out, we've got to be willing to come and say, okay, God, work in me so that you can work through me. Let's stand together.